Welcome to Media Update. This is Phoenix's first podcast ever, introducing the talent to Phil Ings in all his purple glory with Supreme League of Patriots. Phoenix Online loves to share content and we're always exploring different ways to connect with the community. We love sharing as much as we can for all of our indie games. My name is Sai, and here with me today is Phoenix Purple Wizard Gons. Hey everyone! <laughs> we both work with Phoenix in all sorts of publishing and media cool things, and we're here today to talk about Supreme League of Patriots. All three episodes will be available soon enough, and we decided to bring Phil along to talk about all things purple. Supreme League of Patriots is a satirical superhero point-and-click adventure game. It features a very irreverent style of humor, similar to Family Guy or American Dad, except this time you're a superhero. We've also been publishing several articles on the game, detailing the gameplay, characters, music, all that fun stuff. And as I mentioned, we brought Phil with us to talk about Supreme League of Patriots. So why don't we get started? Patriots is coming out January 29th, and while we prepare to meet the Purple Patriot, we have got with us here our very own real-life Melvin, Phil Ings. Welcome, Phil, and thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for inviting me. All right, let's get started now. We want to know all the dirty knickers details behind the Supreme <laughs> League of Patriots. So first it's first, let's talk about you and your development team. Yeah, well, I, I started uh, writing it um, pretty much on my own uh, so that I had a sense of uh, where the game was going. And um, after I'd got the script where I wanted it, uh, then I really wanted to uh, see the characters next. That was um, a big part of the experience for me because they were integral to the uh, to the experience. Um, so you basically handle everything regarding design. I I did writing, design, programming, yeah, oh. too much. Yeah, when I saw the credits, I was a little bit blown away. I was like, wow, this has got to get you a lot of work to do, huh? It was, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a lot to do to start with. And then there's the sort of the things that you don't really put on the credits. If you've got a, a team of 
employed people, then you get a junior artist doing bits and pieces of not necessarily skilled work, but just taking art from one place into another place, getting it into the engine, optimizing materials and shaders and things like that. It was, a, it was quite a small team working behind Patriot's game. It was, yes, because the the budget was quite limited, so I could only really afford to bring people in for skilled work. So uh, yeah, that, that's another thing that caught my attention. I mean, I have seen you to be quite supportive around crowdfunding projects and whatnot. Yet you chose to develop Purple Patriot without it. I mean, how how did the fund process happen? I'm a big fan of uh, of Kickstarter and things like that. I think it's it's brought back some fantastic games. There, there were two issues really with me. The, the, the first issue was I'm an unknown, and traditionally crowdfunding is is not a fantastic way to go unless you've actually got a following before you start. And also, I just think it creates an awful lot of pressure that I kind of didn't want. It is um, crowdfunding. It's a lot of work. I can tell you that it is exhausting. For like a whole month, you lose your entire life. Yes, yes, it is. It is yes, tough. absolutely. Yeah, I had more more concerns about what what happens after the month. You're not quite happy with it, and you think, no, I, I'm going to take an extra three months, and I'm going to get this where I'm really happy with it. But if you've got a whole bunch of people who've already paid for it who don't really want to wait another three months, then you've got that kind of conflict between whether you do what you believe is right as the as the designer, or whether you do what everyone who's already paid wants you to do. I didn't really want to be in that sort of conflict, so I decided to uh, break into my savings and fund the game myself. What games inspired you to create your own point-and-click adventure? I go way back to the original Sierra games, of course, and the original LucasArts games, and even <laughs> before that, uh, some of the uh, Commodore Amiga uh, adventure oh, games. Oh, he's talking your language. Oh, man, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I actually noticed that Supreme League of Patriots uh, kind of reminds me of Sam and Max. It has a similar style of humor and, and art style. Well, it's a funny thing. Um, when I first started creating the environments, uh, I was looking for a, a freelance artist to come in. And uh, I, I had the sketches done, but I wanted them turned into 3D scenes. And uh, I contacted a guy called Jeff Parrott, and he created that first scene for me. And then for one reason and another, we... We couldn't really go on. He was getting offers for other jobs and really able to go forth at the pace that he would have wanted me to at that time. Uh, and as a strange thing, he actually now works for Telltale. Oh. So when people say the, that that particular scene that he did is the um, apartment building, the outside apartment oh, building. so that's it. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of the of Sam and Max's um, apartment. Yeah, every, everyone looks at that particular apartment and says, Wow, that looks just like the Sam and Max apartment, and I don't know if there's a if there's a subliminal reason for it, but the guy who created it does actually work for Telstar on that. So, uh, by the way, I like the Purple Patriot, but I, I freaking love Melvin. He's he's by <laughs> far the best character for me, at least. What was your inspiration behind the Purple Patriot, and why a British sidekick? Uh, well, thank you, because uh, I, I, I do feel sort of personally invested in uh, in Mel. Um, the, the inspiration behind the Purple Patriot was um, I, I started off with, with this question of uh, patriotism, how patriotism actually manifests in the real world, because 
you have these sort of quite patriotic superheroes like Captain America and Uncle Sam, yeah. but they don't really seem to behave like real-world patriots. Comic book patriots love their country, whereas whenever you see patriots on the news, they kind of hate a lot of people. <laughs> it, hate is, is a bigger thing for them than, than loving their country. They hate everyone who's not from their country, and even people who are from their country, that there's all these sort of categories of people they don't like. And I thought if if there was a real-life superhero who was all about patriotism, what would he actually be like? And I thought he'd actually be like that. He'd, he'd be that kind of guy who hates everyone who's different from him. I've got to say that I, I do love the design idea of purple. Like, everything in real life, it's supposed to be either red or blue. But the Praetor stands by its own as it's purple. Yeah, it, it's it's had a mixed reaction. Some some people love it, some people hate it. But um, I, I felt it was important for him to be purple because you have to you have to give him a, a weakness, if you know what I mean. You you have to make people laugh at him. Is this and, is this why Kyle is the way he is? Because Kyle is complete opposite of what the Patriot is. He is, yeah. That that's kind of that's kind of important because. When you see the Purple Patriot, and he is the, the player character uh, most of the way through the game, so you're going to be telling him to do the things he does, and you're going to be helping him say the things he says. I wanted it to be clear that he's not the real person. You see you see Kyle in the first episode, That's and as right. you say, Kyle is really completely the yeah. opposite. So there's this sense that you don't really know what the Purple Patriot is. What was the reasoning behind hiring two different actors for the game? Because you did have someone... I noticed when the credits were running because I saw someone for Kyle, but I saw someone else for the Patriot. Yeah. Completely um, different people. Like, you really wanted to separate the personas. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I had a I had a really clear vision of what, of what I wanted the voice for uh, Kyle to sound like. And... Um, I had a really clear vision of what I wanted the voice for the Purple Patriot to sound like, and they were so different that I thought, I'm really going to make this difficult for someone if, if I ask them to do both. And uh, I found uh, Eric that does uh, Kyle. He does Kyle. And, yeah, he, he, he really nailed it. I didn't really have to explain it to him, but <laughs> I wanted Kyle to have that sort of, um, um, what's his name? Bill and Ted, uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I wanted oh, him to have that sort of Keanu Reeves surf dude sort of voice. <laughs> and, no, but uh, you, you nailed the Patriots voice. That was a really good choice. Yeah, I, I, I think I owe Zach, Zach who does the Patriots voice, I think I owe him a lot of therapy sessions because he really had to say some horrible things. And Zach's such a nice guy, you know, he, he, he doesn't want to say those things. So uh, I always love this how um, Zach can say all those obnoxious things, but he says it with confidence. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He's the perfect actor. He's he's the perfect one for the role. And then, <laughs> and then you hear him say those things. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, I'm seriously, I'm seriously saying that Purple Patriot is probably my favorite jerk now. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry for Malachi, but I I think Purple Patriot is is yes, he's my favorite jerk. For sure. You're right. He he never he never questions anything that he says. He you know most most people at, at least privately they question their own thoughts and their own views, don't they? But the, the Purple Patriot never ever doubts anything he says. And you're right, Zach absolutely nails that. You mm. you couldn't imagine anyone else playing the part, could you? 
You don't really know whether he's... It is quite a contrast, us. especially from the first episode on. It's like you get to know the Patriot because, you know, you get to spend more time with him as he completely transforms into it. And it's, it's kind of a contrast for sure. It is, yeah. A, a few people, when they saw the uh, the preview that I sent out um, quite a long time ago, they, they played through the first episode and they had a sense of what the characters were about and what the story was about. And they were sort of most of the way through the first episode and they were like, I don't really see where the satire comes in. I don't really see where the where this hatred comes in. And uh, and then they get to the end of the game and they go, oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> I actually read a preview that said exactly that. It said something along the lines of, I didn't understand why the press release said the game was irreverent. And then I reached the ending and I saw the Patriot. Suddenly it all yeah. makes sense. It, it definitely sets it up for, uh, as you say, a very different tone in the second and third uh, episodes. Well, at least he does have a British sidekick, so there's there's always that upside. Yeah. Well, Mum's yeah. the voice of Friesen, as we've actually said that before. He's the one that keeps him in place and sucks him back into reality somehow. Yeah, Mel is he's the audience personified. When the Purple Patriot says something completely obnoxious, and the audience is thinking that's terrible. Mel's the one that actually says the best friend that you'd like to have, the one that tells you when you're doing things that you shouldn't be, except that the Purple Patriot doesn't really appreciate being told when he shouldn't be doing his <laughs> I don't think I don't think he really notices. It's like he's living in his own world anyway. He he does to a certain extent, <laughs> yeah. He, um, he, he's relatively oblivious to mm. everything that doesn't fit with his worldview. One thing that I remember reading from the design documents is that you describe some sort of like the fortune, so to speak, of the Patriot, and you said something like, if you pass him a hat with 10 pieces of paper with prizes written on them, and you ask him to pick one, all he will get is a paper cut. I think this is exactly <laughs> the best way to describe what goes on with the Purple Patriot. He's like, he's got his ideas of his own, but eventually something else happens, and thank goodness for Mel. Comparing Greenlight to the final build, I can tell there were some changes along the way. How did you balance the humor? I tried to, uh, to to get a sense of of all types of humor, really. The Greenlight trailer is is very much focused on the Purple Patriot, the uh, obnoxious side of him, the prejudice against certain people and certain groups, and and a, a few sort of controversial jokes in there as well. You know, things about uh, the, the Roman Catholic faith and things like that, which uh, I'm sure would. Uh, upset a few people. You know, I, I'm seriously surprised with the changes at Greenlight because I did see the Greenlight screenshots. We had to you know some of the text on them and whatnot. We both played the game and we, we were actually expecting to see some of the screens and we did not. So I was actually surprised that you trimmed down that content. It, it was done not really intended to be part of the game. It was it was done sort of purely to be a promotional thing. So after the game had finished and I sort of had sort of comments and jokes and whatever that I hadn't really used and I thought we could just sort of up the ante and throw in the, the most insulting th uh, things that we haven't used already and, and turn that into uh, into a promotional trailer. Hopefully ho hopefully the game uh, still has some fairly obnoxious, uh, unpleasant jibes in there uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, it was just, as I say, a, a sort of an afterthought, really. But I, I didn't want the game to be just a, a, a one-note, just banging the same drum all the way through. So over the three issues, there are various types of humour. There's some physical humour, some slapstick, some sight gags. Um, there's some audio gags. There's there's an audio gag in, I think it's the third episode 
it's either the second or the third episode, but I really, really like that audio gag. It's so, it's so incredibly silly. I like the fact that the games give you the option for all types of humour, you know? Even down to, um, like the first episode, when you, uh, right at the very beginning, I guess you could call an interactive joke, where you get a sense that you're about to take part in a hidden object game. <laughs> I remember that one. Yes, exactly. I, I like the fact that you can just play with the audience's expectations a little bit, that you can break the fourth wall in, in different ways in games. So as I was going through the development, I tried to make sure that, that I was taking full advantage of the medium, if you like. You know, you are certainly bringing a lot to the to the table with Purple Patriot. Uh, speaking of the fourth wall, there's one joke I love in which Mel looks at a box and says, yeah, we were going to make this a Kickstarter description, but we decided not to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. There's there's a a job at everything. I I, uh, remember, I don't know how many people would remember this now, but there was a a TV program back in the 80s um, before Bruce Willis was uh, a big movie star called Moonlighting, and um, they used to break the fourth wall in numerous different ways uh, in, in that TV show, and... I was, a, I was an impressionable age, I guess. I just loved the fact that you could that you could screw around with the rules of television or the the rules of film. And yeah, my writing since then has always has always done that to a certain extent. One last question, and because I must really ask, what's the deal with Nurse Julie? Seriously, I love her, but she's always about that. Yeah, she's a she's um a strange one. Oh she, yes. <laughs> she goes back to uh, I I shouldn't really say this really, but I'm going to blame my mother for this. Wow. Well, that's quite inspiration right there. I did not expect that. She used to tell me st- stories when I was a young kid and there was a nurse called Nurse Julie, which is why the name stuck, and if you if you injured yourself in, in in the stories, then Nurse Julie would turn up and say, oh, no, no, not worth saving him. Might as well just kill him off. Wow. And when I was creating the first uh, episode, I just had this sense of certain events that were going to happen to the Purple Patriot rather than things he was going to do. And I thought, we're going to need a nurse. Yeah, he certainly needs one for the first episode, that poor guy. He really does. Yes. Yeah. Preferably it won't kill him. Yes, it's it's, it's sort of a, a question of uh, whether he's uh, better off with or without the nurse, isn't it? <laughs> he's not in a good state without her, but on the other hand, she's not really the safest nurse to have around. So, And we can wrap this up now without talking about superheroes. So, Besides the obvious, of course, who is your favourite superhero, Phil? I was a, I was always a, a Marvel guy as opposed to a DC. And um, How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I am a Batman fan. I have the comic books, the games. I even have a poster on my wall right now. How dare you, good sir? Even the poster is offended. <laughs> I, I, I liked Batman. It was just that the DC universe was kind of a bit it was a bit sparse for me. Marvel had a bit more variety in the characters, and uh, I, I guess I was quite a dark child growing up, so I was a big fan of the Punisher. Well, if you heard those Otherwise... nurse stories, I will think so, that you were kind of a dark child. Yeah, I guess that's not much of a secret, is it, that I I have a dark side. (laughs) All right, Phil, and is is there anything you would like to add about the game or about the future of the Patriot? Um, I'd just like to uh, thank everyone who uh, worked on the game. Um, You know, considering it it was 
a remote team. They just put in such a lot of effort and they were so passionate and uh, so supportive throughout the development. And uh, without them, I couldn't possibly have uh, created the game that, uh, that came out pretty much exactly how I hoped it would. We will be seeing more of the Patreon after this. I hope so, yeah. I mean, it'll be down to uh, whether people want to see more, but the reaction so far has been very good. So hopefully if uh, if people think that uh, the Patriot's got some more life left in him yet, I've certainly got some plans for the next stories that I'd like to uh, take him on. I certainly would like to see him progress as a character. I think there's a lot of room for him to eventually come around. Anything you'd like to tease us for a possible sequel? Oh, yeah. There is a there is a character that I've got lined up for a second season, and uh, I, I can't say too much, but he's he's a villain, but he makes the Purple Patriot look like Kylie Minogue or you know, Katy Perry. <laughs> wow. Or he he is just so thoroughly obnoxious that I didn't think I could get away with him in a first season. I thought they'd they'd probably lock me up or something if I tried to bring this character, but. Uh, If you can think of, as I say, I don't want to give too many clues, but if you can think of the most <laughs> divisive issue in American politics right now. Reality TV dance-offs? Well, we, we sort of covered that. So uh, maybe even more, even more controversial. <laughs> yeah, that, that. that was hilarious in episode two. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I actually did every single chat dialogue there was. <laughs> <laughs> It's quite creative for sure. I, I did, uh, I did enjoy getting those off my chest when I was writing them. I must admit. I was just happy to learn that the Patriot had watched every episode of Night Rider. Suddenly, I didn't feel alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phil. Thank you so much for spending time with us and coming into the podcast with us. Thank you. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. My favorite superhero would have to be Thanos. I mean, sure he murdered his own family and slaughtered millions of his own people, but you've got to love a guy with commitment to a cause. We got to hang out with Mel. It's seriously awesome. He even came with 20% more sarcasm. <laughs> Again, thanks to Phil for sharing his time with us. Usually this one week for publishing is so chaotic. There's not much time for anything else. You know, there's usually so much to do and everything seems, you know, perfect. And then it all magically breaks. We invite you to join us this Thursday, 29th, on the launch of Supreme League of Patriots. It'll be available on the Phoenix Store, Steam, Humble Store, and GOG.com. And anything you will need, we are always available online. Gons and I can be found on anywhere of the Phoenix Online social media platforms, you know. Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and you can still buy, you know, at least to say hello. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.